We've qualified for the World Cup. Go and compete. We'll make, we'll make it work. Uh, mm. Wonderful. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> well, there we are, yeah. <laughs> well, can I can I start off by dedicating this podcast to someone in particular? Okay. That I hope might listen <laughs> to this one again. Uh, Garrett, Garrett Higgins, if you if you're listening, we we appreciate your your lovely comments um, on our Ragnarok video previously. Um, Remind me who Garrett Higgins is. <laughs> <laughs> who isn't Garrett Higgins? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he speaks for everyone that isn't the three of us. I think that listens to the podcast. Um, but he he left us some feedback. We sh- we shared the uh, the Ragnarok video onto a uh, Manchester United Island group. Oh yeah, and they didn't take it too well. Didn't take it too well, mm. um, but he said, "He said, listened earlier to some shite you put up. Manchester United are done. You'd like six likes on the video. Stop posting, mentioning us for clout, you headbangers. And now you're posting on a Manchester United face, laughing emoji, laughing emoji. So this one's for you, Gareth. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> we can put right. that. We can put that at, instead of the um." The outro bit, we'll put that bit in every time. <laughs> this one's for you, Gareth. Yeah. It's nice to get feedback, yeah. though. It's nice to get feedback. I, all the same. I mean, he's right, yeah. though. We, we do kind of call out United frequently for a bit of clout. Like, it does get a good reaction. So, you know. It's Don't easy. do it for a reaction, though. I mean, it's just... It's just the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I, I definitely try and... Uh, you know, I, I cast a wide net for United fans. I feel bad for United now. fans, to be honest. I've, I, d- I don't feel bad for them because they didn't feel bad for me uh, when Liverpool <laughs> were shite. And they certainly don't feel bad for you or didn't a couple of years ago. And they don't feel bad for Kieran. So I don't mean we feel for like them? their league performance or anything. Like, I just mean I feel bad for them in general. The way you feel bad for, like, sick kids and stuff. Kind of, but it's it's more like they, there's something, it's, I, I pity, like, I feel sad about sick kids, but United fans, there's just, like, there's something wrong with them. Like, there's something deeply wrong oh. with United fans. <laughs> so, like... And um, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Mm. Like, uh, what what has to go through your mind to support United? Well, I heard a, I heard um someone make a point the other day that you know people who support United or support City or support you know Arsenal or Liverpool are often like accused of being glory hunters, but you have to accept that you know. United supporters feel the same way about their club that we all do about our clubs. So I don't think so. We, we look at the well. No, I think they um they are only happy if they are winning everything. I think it's uh, yeah. I think there's the it's not for all of them, obviously, but there is definitely a generation of Man United fans now that have known nothing else for the start of their lives, but like complete uh, domination could be real smug about everything, had the referees in their back pockets, 
had top, top players, brilliant manager in the past, um, and now it's all gone tits up. They're not taking it very well. Again, mm-hmm. understandably, if you've known no different. I but, guess if you know. to choose United, I think a lot of times people are drawn to underdogs or, you know, they want to support a team with a story and, you know, they, they're they kind of turned off by uh, kind of soulless, evil corporate entities like Manchester United. Um, so when you get people who support them, they only want to win, I suppose, because maybe there's something missing in their own lives or there's a piece of like their soul is missing. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, <laughs> that's harsh. I just think that what I've noticed a lot is a lot of United fans, <laughs> like they're, they're kind of like, oh, I couldn't be bothered watching or, you know, it's, oh, they're so shit. Like it's, you know, and part of me is like, well, that's a, really fickle supporter but definitely I think most people if your team are playing shite you're not going to be rushing to the TV or down to the pub or wherever to see the team if mm. they're playing well you're like I want to watch them because I know they're going to hammer them so I do understand it but I, I think, think it's yeah. a bit different I think it's different for us because if we were in Manchester or Liverpool or whatever and we had tickets to go see them if we suddenly stopped going that's like ah oh, well now you're a shit fan but here, like, it's not that we're not going to support them anymore. It's just we're not rushing to the pub to see them because, frankly, it's going to be a bit grim. Um, they they just have like a bully mentality. Like they have they want to pick on smaller people, smaller teams. They you know they want to kick sandcastles over at the beach. Uh, if they get any resistance whatsoever, they can't handle it. Their brains go haywire. Um. <laughs> I can't you know, believe it's... I can't believe I'm the one that ends up sticking up for United. <laughs> how, the, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> but there's there's an element of truth to it. I don't I don't mean any of this to like uh, Irish United fans personally because I kind of get it. In Ireland, you know, there's just a big draw towards United and Liverpool, and it's easy as a kid to you know follow who your mate might follow, your mate's dad might follow, or whatever. But when it came to like English and Definitely London Man United fans. Like, I remember being like, I left the I left the UK in like fifteen, but like I remember like the five six years before that. Anytime like Palace like lost, we'd be in the fucking Championship. The only kids at school that would be like, ha, Palace of shit. We're United fans. It's like, like it's the bully mentality. This, it's just complete difference in golf. Do you know, Palace were like twentieth in the Championship or Division One or wherever it is at the time, um, and getting like beaten by like I don't know Birmingham City or something. And United would be like walking back to back leagues, but that was like the first point of focus when it came to like football talk. It's like, oh, Palace are shit, or whoever are shit. It's like, all right. I think, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not even about football, it's about inflicting themselves on other people. I'm curious, in say in your school, in your year or whatever, what was the like ratio of Palace to United fans? Because you were in South London. So, like, were there still yeah. loads of United fans, or was it mostly Palace or wherever, you know? Yeah, it was kind of a funny one because um, there were the ones, the kids that were kind of like maybe half-assed into football were definitely United fans. The kids that were like into football or maybe their parents were into football were split between Palace. Then the second majority was like Arsenal and the third majority was Chelsea. And I have, I've, as you can probably see from my uh, my Zoom 
picture. I have the greatest of respect for um, that Arsenal team, just because a lot of my like friends growing up were Arsenal fans too, and it was during their heyday. And I think that they did it very honorably. There was never any gloating. It was just like, you know, we're Arsenal and we're pretty class. And they were from like 98 to 2004-ish. I think they were like a fantastic team to watch. Um, but that was kind of the breakdown. Uh, there was maybe one or two. Actually, maybe even like, I can probably remember a lot of my class who they supported, but like maybe one or two Liverpool fans, but like that was it. There was no one outside of that. I wonder, is there a bit of a inferiority complex at the heart of Manchester United really when you get into it? Because their whole era, their whole glory era, Ferguson, his mission statement was about knocking Liverpool off their perch. Like that's yeah. the, like they are always in the shadow of Liverpool. And you have other historic teams, your Aston Villas, your Everton's, your Liverpool's, your Arsenal's, you know, Long history of success. Um, don't have to worry about like it too much. Whereas United, they're always looking over their shoulder, worried about neighbours, about other teams. They've been relegated, I don't know how many times, 15 times. Um, there's just a sense that it could all come crumbling down. And that it's not, it's not earned fairly. And they know it. And they know Liverpool are a better team. And that Manchester City have now overtaken them. And they know Manchester City are a better, more historic team. And it really gets under their skin. I think so. And back on that Fergie point, too, it was dead right. Like he just, he basically, basically bought a load of small man syndrome players um, yeah. to go fight in referees. Look at Neville, Butt, mm-hmm. Giggs, Keane. <laughs> basically, the entire squad was just a bunch of like Jack Daniel footballers. Or Jack Dan, no, oh my god, not Jack Daniels. What's the dog? Jack Russell's. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jack Russell players. Jack Daniels players. Yeah, and they mm. they paid off Sky Sports Premier League years to make people think they were better than they were. That's a fact too. Like you, yeah. can, you can you can Wikipedia that. They- I, I doubt if Manchester United even won those Premier Leagues in the 90s. I mean, can we verify that? We just see it on yeah. Sky. They yeah. say, oh, well, Manchester well, United won the league that year. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can edit Wikipedia. That's true. That's true. Well, we've gone down some rabbit hole here. Um, I think the end of the day, I think there's a good chance Arsenal won all the leagues. <laughs> sure, I, I don't believe anything I see on Sky Sports. I can see the ball go into the net, and I'm still not sure it's a goal. I know. It's incredible. You know? It's true. No, uh, I think, um, well, Gav- Gareth's definitely turned off. Uh, but the, yeah, I think there's a prick. There's <laughs> a, it's a long history of, I mean, <laughs> people will see it as bitterness, like, but I'm, I mean, you just had to live through those years of the United dominance to be like, this is fucking miserable. But anyway. Yeah. Did they underachieve? I think if you look at it, two European Cups in, what, 30 years Ferguson was there? In the grand scheme of things, like people criticise Pep Guardiola because he's only won two Champions Leagues. They say he's the best manager ever. He's only been managing mm. 10 years. And, you know... He, he's gotten a lot closer since than Ferguson ever did. So I think Ferguson, people will say like Klopp should have won more. 
Ferguson should have won more. And with the resources he had, the players he had, the advantages he had, like, he, does he deserve a statue? I don't think so. I think you actually have a, a, a somewhat facetious but valid point because it's like his longevity is both like his credit and his downfall because like what was he 23 years no was that was that uh i don't know he was he was there about 20 years anyway and he won so much but you can say he only won two european cups and when he was winning the domestic league in england domestic league in england meant nothing it was all about italy Mm. it was all about you know other other countries were the center of football. It was only, I'd say, since you know, it took off in about two thousand and three. I would say, Premier League. But before then, the league you might as well have won the fucking League Cup th- these days. That's what the prestige the Premier League had back then. Um, but the but the way he rebuilt teams, like not many managers have done that and not many managers have been so successful for so long and people forget the finals he got to as well. Now I know, look, getting to a final and losing, no one really cares, but like you might say he was just very unlucky to come up against like the best team that's ever been seen in Barcelona a couple times. He should have prepared. Good. (laughs) (laughs) He could, or he played Ryan Giggs in that game. Mm. Wasn't Rooney centre mid for one of them as well? Yeah, I mean, complete catastrophe of tactical nows there. When it came down to it, he, he bottled it. it really. He bottled it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I want to see, I want to see Guardiola do a rebuild job. Well, no, because I was going to say I, I want to see him do a rebuild job of City the way Ferguson did of United, but like it wouldn't even be the same because he's got hundreds of million to spend. And I yeah. know Ferguson had a lot of money to spend, but like Guardiola can go out and buy, buy a whole new team if he wants. Sure, he he, he, he has. Kind of is. He did yeah. that. Let, hang on, let me see. <clears throat> what was the team, the Manchester City team, Pep Guardiola's first game? Give me a second. Here. Yeah, no. Well, it, it, well while it, you're doing that, like, of course, there's different players to four or five years ago, but I'm talking like 10, 12 years, you know, to change a team entirely. Yeah. That's fair. Well, that's the one thing that Fergie definitely that is undeniable. Apart from like the the trophies that he may or may not have won, because we haven't seen him outside of Sky Sports, is that when it came to transfers, it was either like his knowledge or the you know the the greatness of the team or the people he had around them around him. He knew how to pick out a talent or something that fit the kind of style of play he wanted. There was always a there was always a replacement for like even going back to like. You know, Sheridan, Solskjaer, York, and Cole. Like they just got, they got replaced in a couple of seasons, easy with very, very similar and even better strikers. Mm-hmm. Keepers yeah. too, for sure. He made some decisions that uh, were borne out to be fruitful. <laughs> you write that down ahead of this podcast. <laughs> I'll come back to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Flynn, we're uh, waiting on, we're waiting oh, on this okay, team. Sorry, okay, sorry. Internet, is it? No, no, no. The, his first 11 was Caballero, Sanya, Stones, Kolarov, Clichy, Fernandinho, David Silva, Sterling, De Bruyne, Nolito, and Aguero. And I think wow. he, he bought 
John Stones himself that that season. Mm-hmm. I think was that his first season? It was that was his first ever league yeah. team. I think. See, he did fuck all that first league. I I I should have said you should have checked his winning squad because I bet he made a few signings the following year that were like Walker, De Bruyne, um, Ederson, I think, and that's the first year they won it. And those guys are kind of still there. But look, mm. we won't argue over apples and oranges. Is that the phrase? Shit, I don't know. Is, are you planning a theme through this podcast? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I uh, I don't want to change topic too swiftly, but I wanted to talk about Simon Jordan. Can we do that? Mm. Yes, Jordan? any day of the week, Adrian. Simon Jordan is that cunt on TalkSport who talks like he's a genius, but he nearly got Palace... Uh, he, well, he nearly destroyed Palace, right? He did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's clearly posh and has a big vocabulary, and <clears throat> he's the kind of guy that says something that could only take five words in a hundred words. So I actually just listened to like one of their like five, 10 minute videos. And I was like, what shite is he fucking talking? Like, why does he say these kind of things? So for example, I don't know how to do this. Like Kieran, if you could loosely talk about, I don't know, some name, someone who hasn't had a good season, maybe. Harry Kane. Okay. Harry Kane. How would you, uh, sum up his season very as, as simply succinctly as you can okay he wanted to move he didn't get it he sold for a while and now he's playing again okay that was too long but anyway i'd say he's been <laughs> shit right okay <laughs> you know what he said he was talking about rashford he said rashford has been so ineffective disillusioned and disenfranchised what the fuck does that even mean <laughs> like just say he's bad um he was talking about the manager. Do you know what he was talking about? It was um, substituting Rashford on for Ronaldo. And I think Rashford went on to make a good impact. The manager made a good call. He said <laughs> the coach made a decision that was born out to be fruitful. So I was wondering, would you cough if I just said that in an, in a, in an argument? Hmm. He said um, he was on about what the manager could maybe be thinking. He said, we're debating the particulars and the peculiarities of what goes on on the bench. Why do you need to say it like that? Is, is, it, is that just me? And he's talking to the guy who presents it, who used to work with Sky Sports. And instead of just saying, well, that's fucking what you think. He said, your experiences are based on that hyperbole and sensationalism. It's like, he must have a fucking thesaurus or something before he goes on with these words. The guy is a fucking idiot. He just spouts shite. And he makes one point, but he'll word it out with these big wanker words and make himself sound smart. But, like, surely everyone just knows he's an idiot. I think so. Yeah. I, there's, there's two things. He comes from, like, a sales background. He got his money through, by chance, like, uh, taking a punt investment in... Um, it was, I think it eventually got bought up by a car phone warehouse, but it was like a small phone shop, mobile phone shop back in like the, the 90s when that all just like took off. So, hmm. um, but he's a salesman essentially. So that's, they're, they're full of shit. And I know he used to, he might still do like journalism. I find that he speaks like he would in like a article in a magazine or a paper. Do you know when you're trying to like 
fluss things out of it. Um, yeah, he's a pure he's a pure spoofer. He has no idea what he's doing. He he he's, he has less knowledge on fucking football, considering he was a football chairman. But he he doesn't know shit about football. Yeah. So you can see how he'd how a board would back him because he comes in with a big vocabulary. You know, people go, "God, this guy's really intelligent." He he knows what he's talking about. Whereas in actual fact, he probably just went to a private school. They probably just had a big vocabulary lesson every Wednesday. So he learned lots of words that he can come up with on the fly. When it, when he comes to talking about football, it's actually, it's actually really, it's exhausting listening to him because he nearly flip-flops on his opinions. He, he, he had a big one about, um, uh, I think it was Ole at the start that he was saying Ole is nowhere near ready for the job. And then he went on to Ole is ready for the job. Don't quote me on that because that might not be the exact topic, but I've heard him give out Basically, talk out two sides of his mouth on a few things. So, I, I knew I knew Kieran wouldn't like him anyway. But yeah, yeah, my uh, my dislike is deep. But yeah, it's a talk sport in general. It's like Jim White too, though. I don't think he has a fucking notion what he's talking about either. Jim White should have stuck to what he was known for and <laughs> yellow tie. Yeah, yeah, just done that shit one day a year. <laughs> he was like a clown, like. Put on a colorful outfit to entertain the children. Big smiling yeah. face on him. They were arguing Nothing about behind this, the um, eyes. They were arguing about when when Rash or uh, Ronaldo was subbed off. That's what that that was the interview or uh, the discussion I was watching. And they were saying uh, Simon Jordan was like, well, it, not in his words, but he was saying, well, if I was the director of that program, I wouldn't have zoomed in on Ronaldo's face because I don't think that's what's important. You would, in your fuck, not zoom in on Ronaldo's face, you dickhead. Mm -hmm. And then Jim White was saying, "Well, you know, that's all part of football." Ugh. It was, it was actually just comical to listen to, because they're both meant to be football men, and the shit they're focusing on is Ronaldo throwing a hissy fit. Like, I heard that uh, Danny Murphy, um, that he, like on Twitter or whatever, or like in interviews, one-to-one -one interviews, he is like a stats demon he knows fucking every statistic and every like in-depth like football terminology kind of uh pre really precise in-depth info on everything to do with football but when he goes on match of the day he's told by the producers to keep it simple and just say things like he's got to do better there or stuff like that or he, he's got he's got to win that ball he's got to be there mm. because it's got to make it really dumbed down that it can just be funneled into the brain of like the most stupid person watching the television at any given moment yeah i find it interesting when these people even when they do start talking in depth about tactics and things and i don't know have you seen like rogers and Mourinho and things talk tactics it's still not exactly science like it's let's oh, put yeah. three players here because that's more than two players, so they'll win the ball. Oh, they're winging it, yeah. Uh, like, look at their education. Look at where they came from. They went through life. A lot of them went through life. They were like lower level footballers, never got an education, and also didn't get rich, so they didn't have any of like the luxuries of life. So they just got into coaching, and they ended up rising up the ranks because the ball went their way a few times. Like they haven't a clue what they're doing. Mm. Well, I think some of them do. I should I should clarify no. that. I think you don't you don't think Guardiola actually 
knows a little bit more about football and looks a, a bit more tactically and like a bit of a science. Um, no, he'd be working in like a deli counter or something if he <laughs> didn't get a job at Barcelona. Well, that's <laughs> probably true, but I'm, I'm saying from a football perspective, I think I think him, I think Klopp, if I could say that, I think uh, Wenger. I mean, Wenger was the first one of the first guys to bring in like fucking proper diets and shit and food science and shit, wasn't he? He was like. So look, like he was way ahead of his time, and I think some of these guys are ahead of their time. But I mean, Sam Allardyce, that guy is just coming in, and he hasn't a clue. He has no more uh, of an idea about football than us. Yeah, he just he just knows how to, you know, effectively say that's you're the underdogs. Hit them hard and try and score a goal. That's all he does. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, I'm Sam Allardyce. Well, Let's put a big man good. up front because they can't deal with it. There's lots of coaches like him, like Allardyce, who you think just are there because they're very assertive or like they're kind of domineering over people. I think, you know, a lot of people say that like people crave power or they really want control. I don't think that's true at all. I think the vast majority of people are terrified of having power and just want to be told what to do. So when you get someone like Sam Allardyce, as thick as pig shit as he is, who just tells people what to do, most people will just go along with it they just want to be told what to do they're like okay we'll we'll play it down the wings and we'll cross it in that's the plan let's do it the pressure is off me i don't have to come up with anything i don't have to think i'll just play football and then i can go home to my house and have some scrambled eggs and a beer and you know then i can sleep and that, that that's fine that's all i want i don't i get stop looking at me stop get the spotlights out of my face <laughs> scrambled eggs and a beer that's the that's <laughs> yeah, the heaven well. isn't it that's the dinner of champions. That they're just like fuck it, just. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true, and like I just think most of the time, if if a manager starts doing badly, the players just don't give a fuck about him anymore. It's yeah, it's all down. I think a lot of it's down to like obviously there are there are some good tacticians out there that kind of know what type of players need to go in different roles and what and whatnot. But like a lot of it is just that whole thing of like, like with most organizations or most things in the world, collectives in the world. It kind of comes down to who's actually doing the important task, which is oftentimes what the players do, putting the ball in the net. That like Guardiola looks good because <laughs> he spent hundreds of millions on players that know exactly what they should be doing, which is either run fast, tackle a lot, or save the ball or score a goal. Um, I think sometimes we we dress football up a little bit too much than what it is, you know. Mm, yeah, but it, but anyway. Um, with, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask this actually. Do you know? And now we're on the topic of managers. You know, we, we see, recently we've seen a lot of like uh, players that would have been, you know, like our generation or like younger generation would have been players that are now managers like Lampard, Gerard, Arteta, and so on. Uh, Scott Parker, like a load of ones that would have been like maybe, you know, our teenage years playing football, mm. um, become managers now and not bad managers either. I know that's debatable, but you know managing bigger clubs and, and whatnot. Is there anyone of like the current, a current player that you think would be, yeah, 100% he'll be a manager? Who was that fella that I said to you guys that I heard a post-match interview with him and he sounded like he'd be a future manager? I said it's about some fella, I think, who, is it a Southampton? Hoilberg, I think. Hoilberg? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll just say him. Based on my... <laughs> Post match the post match interview with him fucking five or six years ago at this point. Yeah, okay. where like he actually 
gave interesting responses or what appeared to be insightful comments on the game rather than the pre-prepared coached kind of responses of like yeah you know we just went out there and we tried to do our best and it didn't go our way or whatever like he was talking about like the arc of the ball or whatever or like the most like the numbers they had involved in a one-two passing system in like the corner that didn't quite work out because they got overloaded on the left side blah 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 whatever it was just something a little more sophisticated than the usual answers that made me think well this guy is not a complete fool Mm-hmm. And he's a midfielder, yeah, yeah, no, a midfielder, so he, he's going to be a manager. He might be yeah. too clever to be a coach by the sounds of things. Yeah, he might. He'd be better off in the analysis room or something. Let's oh no, they it. don't want clever people doing analysis. Offended, Adrian? Anyone? The the ones that come to mind straight away, I think Ronaldo will be a manager oh yeah i mean he's good at just being on the sidelines and shouting that's half it uh i think henderson will probably end up being a manager he's really vocal on the pitch and stuff like that i'm trying to think of like an outside the box one and honestly nothing's coming to mind uh um i I think um gibral cc is he yeah he's like sam adults level (laughs) It's yeah. Like if you don't can't intimidate them, uh, spit them. <laughs> Wait, no, that was um El Haji Joff. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Jack Daniel, Jack Russell's CC and Oops. Give me a second there. I'll think of someone. Give me a sec. I, I have one that came on the top of my head would be uh Manuel Neuer. I know he's not Premier League, but I think Neuer's bound to be a manager. Mm. Just, really? That's not yeah, a just, one. He just fits the mold of a manager. Um, Captain for ages, straight true. talker, lots of caps. Yeah, intimidating. People just mm. stare at people. What do you guys think of Zidane? How do you rate Zidane? Oh, are uh, we going back? This is like a three-year-old argument. <laughs> I, I you mean that, as a manager, though? Sorry, yeah. do you? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that it's, it's hard to... He's obviously won a lot with Rail, but you know, is that the most difficult thing to do as a manager? I'm not sure. The next, the, what will answer that question, I think, is his next job. Personally, he's not or still there, club. is he? No. Okay, then I think uh, he should just probably retire and have the best, like stats and you know, probably mm-hmm. cups per game of any manager. Yeah, maybe he should. No, he'll yeah. get the itch. He he'll manage France or something. Yeah, or PSG maybe France. Yeah. There'll be another Guardiola. Will, was he'll, it... he'll just keep getting the biggest, best teams like Guardiola, and we'll always be like, "Well, we can't judge him on this job because he's got the best players and the best team." So wait till he goes to a smaller team, and of course he never will. So. <laughs> mm. Like, can you imagine Pep Guardiola ever falling off like Mourinho has? Mourinho is going to probably get sacked by Roma and end up managing fucking Everton or Burnley or someone. Yep, he will. Um, I don't see it happening to Guardiola. I think he's smarter than that. Sure, we all thought Mourinho was smarter than that too. Uh, The cracks were always shown with him, though. Guardiola has never been fired, like, has he? He just left. So... Like Mourinho was fired twice by the same club, <laughs> so 
And it's quite damning, isn't it? It's like, fool me once, shame on you, you know? <laughs> fool me twice, shame on me, in case you didn't know. Yeah. He did lead United to their highest peak um, this decade, or the past 10 years. Um, they were second last season as well. Yeah. But I know. I, I know we don't count that. No, yeah. last season doesn't count well. Yeah, no. been a write-off yeah. since 2010. Mm. Yeah, did um did Zidane win three or four Champions Leagues? He won three as manager, and he was assistant to Ancelotti when he won the f- first one of the curtain series or whatever you call it. Mm. That's yeah, uh, and he's got a, he's got a Euro, he's got a World Cup. Has he got a Euros as well? Yeah, Serious. massively overrated player. It was just because he did that three sixty thing. That was just fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, so good. I mean, Vieira was the one that made him who he yeah. is. Let's be yeah. honest. Absolutely. He, he, Vieira was the uh, humble wingman. Your one good performance goal. against the performance against Brazil in the World Cup. Uh, he... Brazil were in bits. Yeah, like come on. <laughs> He like that goal as well in Champions League final. It means as much to me as Papi Cisse's goal against Chelsea does. Sure, I could have done that. Swing a leg at it. Hold yeah, it. that's all it was. He just swung a leg at it. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell! Probably shouted his own name in his head while he was doing it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> We're not going to go back to that argument. Totti was better. Del, Del Piero was better. Nedved was better. Well, why didn't uh, fucking Real Madrid come sign him up? Couldn't afford him. Couldn't afford Nedved or Del Piero or Tai. Hmm. They wouldn't Piero, want... You can't, you you can't sign the Italians. They don't want to leave Italy. That's very the, true. Yeah, All the Italian players outside of Italy are like... They, they've been cut off from their families, basically. That's it. They may as well just apply for a new nationality like that um like that ex Arsenal keeper did. Mm. Can we not just respect more that Zidane headbutted a man in the chest in the Champions League final? The World calling, Cup final. Uh, World Cup final even, uh, for calling his mother a whore or his sister a prostitute or something. Come yeah. on. What a lad. What a lad. Yeah. It's That's true. gotta be like the most famous moment in the history of sport. It's probably not even, but it should be. I so think it outrageous. would be. I think it is the most famous moment in history you know, of sport. If, if he threw a slap, I'd be like, oh, fucking stupid idiot. To, to have the, the wherewithal to go like a shark and fucking hammer him into the chest with his head is yeah. just brilliant. That's, that's, that, that's, that, that's the toughest part of his body. As a footballer, he wouldn't even kick him. He goes yeah, straight in with the noggin. And there was no, like, you, he knew that he was going to get sent off for that. So it wasn't like yeah. if you shoved them or if you maybe even, like, slapped them or something, you could argue, oh, well, that, that's only a yellow or I didn't mean it or whatever. But he went in to fucking put him down, you know, <laughs> put this guy six feet under. Yeah, He was like, I don't care. I'm getting the red card. Fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chef's it, kiss. Like, oh. I don't even think it's top ten. 
reactions or violent reactions I could think of. A headbutt to the chest, no. you know? No. It's, it's, my it's, it's a good like, like, That's the other surprise. Like, is that the worst thing that's been said to him on the football pitch? I'm I mean, very yeah, surprised. Exactly. So you probably get these insults in the league or in his career every game like players will be saying shit to you yeah and the like we forget that he did a penenka penalty that came off the bar and bounced in over the line like that's yeah. that's forgotten i don't even remember the the italy goal i know i yeah. just remember that headbutt incredible yeah yeah because that that Italy team was off the back of the uh, the match fixing scandals and stuff, yeah. and the betting scandals in the in in Syria. So it was like they had no business really being in that final. And if Zidane hadn't done that, France would have probably walked it. Yep. But so, like we know. said, yeah, fraud. Yeah. Because um, speaking of which, I was actually gonna. I don't know if you want to put this in the podcast, but um, I was gonna ask how you guys feel about. The COVID being finished, we're done. Oh yeah, that was on it's my over. list of topics too. So I'm cool to talk about. Well, what I find weird is remember when this all started, and we were like, there'll be a day when we're all back in the pubs and we're all cheers to being, you know, over this pandemic. And then it was like, that's actually not going to happen. It's not going to happen that way because it can't because COVID will still be there and it has to be a phased introduction to society and all this kind of shit. And then last night, he was like, yeah, no, we're back. We're back tomorrow. You can do what you want. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like I've been taught differently now. Like it's it's actually I was out today and it's it's kind of you're still naturally queuing with distance. Uh yeah. I mean there's still masks and stuff, so it's not quite the same, but obviously none of us are out on the absolute lash straight away. So mm. Yeah, um, I guess all lockdown taught me is how I don't really <laughs> need the pub that much. Yeah, yeah. How much you can save when you're not in the pub? Oh my god, it's out. It's kind of true, right? There, Fuck, we yeah. did have a heavy reliance on like a pub or a bar venue to kind of meet up when the lockdowns and COVID definitely showed us there's many other ways to socialize. Better ways. Yes. Yes. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just, I, what struck me was that, like, that was announced at what, like 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. evening mm. time. Yeah. And it's like from 6 a.m. the next day. Like, it's so sudden. I don't even think it's sunk in yet. I know. Um, you know, it's it still like, feels like it's in process. I don't know. Yeah. All the like anti lockdown crowd are probably like, don't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> what, what can we, what can we point out that was bad about this now? Yeah, like, I think that's part. Of, yeah, I think that's part of the reason they just announced, okay, everything's opening back up tomorrow morning, was to just give a massive middle finger up to like the anti-lockdown crew would be like, they're doing it so they can control you. And I was like, well, <laughs> everybody go back to normal. Yeah, that's it. Everyone go back and fend for yourselves now. <laughs> it's like fuck. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once we discovered that. Omicron is not extremely dangerous. We were like, okay, I think it's safe to go outside again. They're like, fuck. It's funny, isn't it? As, I don't know if I if I believe this or even if it's factual or statistically true, but I saw um, a good few people say it's funny how we did the massive like vaccine rollout, which was obviously big success and the booster and stuff too. Um, but ultimately, <laughs> what gave us the uh, kind of go ahead was um, 
basically nearly everyone catching the latest variant um, to kind of be like, well, fuck it. Majority of the country has now had it. So we got a good six months under our belts to get things back up and running. So I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's true. I just thought that was quite funny mm-hmm. that it just took like the worst we've ever seen to be, like a few weeks later to be like, oh, no, we're good now. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll, go, I'll miss lockdown in some ways. <laughs> yeah, there's no excuses now. You you, you have know. to go out and meet people. You have I to know. go to the pub. You know. Hmm. Are you boosted, Kieran? Yes, but I I have to I have to wait to do it. I have a couple of weeks left, and then I'll be doing it. Yeah, so I'll have my triple then by uh, by February. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you had the boost a booster injection though, or you... oh me no 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 oh yeah okay um, because I, I had the I had the second jab I had the first jab late because I was abroad oh, when it was like yeah. our our age group yeah so okay I'm a I'm like a month behind everyone else I do think because I got it I had it the last time we were recording and I had the booster like a month before that I definitely think because I would have been probably one of the more at risk of mm. our group. And I really pretty much sailed through it. And because um, I know someone else in our group had it and they didn't have their booster and they were quite sick. So I do think the boosters help. Yeah. yeah. Not that we're pro or anti vax here, but that's just my experience. Mm. It's funny though, isn't it? It's a, it's a massive change. I don't know. I just have these fears that, like, you know, a month's time, everyone will forget everything and they'll be coughing yeah. and spluttering over each other and but- licking doorknobs and. But maybe I mean, like even even being at the shops today, they didn't have time to take down any of the stuff, you know, know. the queuing stuff. So you're still queuing to get into pennies or wherever. And I think it'll take a while for people to get used to it. And because there's still masks, it doesn't feel like there's any difference yet. But I'd say going to a pub now or a club and just cramming up at a bar queuing for a pint. That's when it'll feel like, ah, yeah, we're back. We're back, yeah, it's baby. true. It's true. I do feel sorry for bar staff tonight. They got like less twenty four hours notice that they are yeah, going to be working I know, I know. until close tonight, and they're going to get fucking smashed. Not in the nice sense, in the sense that like they're going to go back to cleaning puke and piles of shite off the floor at two a.m. So that's their raise on death, though, you know. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's <laughs> literally not. It's putting the drink into a glass and taking the money for it not the shit that they have to put up with don't know what she got to this guy someone somewhere likes it someone somewhere likes that what cleaning up shite Uh, look there's weird fetishes man that's true shouldn't judge shouldn't judge more you know power judgment here yeah (laughs) (laughs) during um (laughs) the intermission we had there for some reason i ended up looking up a town called murphy in argentina uh i don't know why i think i read a quote and someone an argentinian was talking about passing through murphy and i was like murphy so i had to google it and it's like a really small town in argentina named after a fella from waterford but it's a a population of three thousand, which is smaller than clonakilty and it says notable people, Paolo Gazzaniga and Mauricio Pochettino were both born there. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
Killy has a kind of weird like history when it comes to like nationalities. Obviously, there's a huge one of like after World War Two, a lot of Nazis went there and still live there in like communes and stuff. But there's a Chile, uh, Chilean, Chilean uh, football team called O'Higgins, which was founded by yeah. a, Bernardo O'Higgins. Yeah. It's like the founder of or some fucking sure they're all up to no good over there anyway. <laughs> no, no, and there's like it, there's like the, the neo Nazis after well, the literally literally Nazis after World War Two, and then there's Palestino, which is the team founded by Palestinian, yeah, Palestinian refugees. Chile has yeah. the largest p- proportion of Palestinians outside of Palestine. It's mental. It's like sometimes you kind of wonder. <laughs> people just spin a globe and put their finger on wherever it stops like and just say okay we're going here to go from fucking palestine to chile it's yeah. it's incredible a load of it, uh, yeah. load of um japanese in brazil yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of weird like really um obscure uh, like uh, even like exclaves around the world like that yeah. I, mm-hmm. they always fascinate me it's There's really a lot of Brazilians in Gort. Yes. <laughs> they love the meat factory. It's the, it's the closest one to home, I suppose. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I guess it, all it takes is one person going over and phoning back home or sending a letter saying, I'm getting on great here. And everyone else is like, fuck this. So I'm sick of living here. We're all going out to fucking Buenos Aires or wherever the fuck. And we're yeah. going to get our neighbors onto it too. It's almost a bit like a pyramid scheme. You just recruit like two other people and they recruit two other people. Next thing you know, Pochettino's born. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> it, there's always, there's always talk of Pochettino getting like fired, but he's still, he's still plugging away. He is. Fair play to him. Bless him. Bless him. It's hard to wash off the Spurs scum. That's yeah. very true. Uh, he, I'll let him off. He's from Murphy. He's a good Irish fella. That's true. Yeah, yeah. He's having is a fight he, tonight. Is he destined for United? Is that happening? No one knows. I suppose. Really. Surely, I fucking hope not. I mean, that would really taint his reputation. Like Ragnick can't continue. His position is untenable. Like he should be gone tomorrow. Mm. They're fourth now, though. Ah, but the game's in hand. You know, the game's in hand. So you can only look at the table. I know. How long like, can Man United afford to keep him there? Like, listen, I don't think he should be there in the first place. But <laughs> um, it, you know, he's not doing the worst job in the world. Is he doing better than Ole? Probably. On results, Remember I think when Ole it lost would. Like yeah, five one to Watford. It would be really hard to do worse than Ole did. He might be. <laughs> The worst manager I've ever seen in the Premier League. <laughs> you know, Watford haven't haven't won a game since they like basically got Ali sacked. That's pretty mm. funny. They haven't yeah. kept a clean sheet in the Premier League since COVID nineteen was declared a pandemic. Mental. <laughs> you see as well. Is that is that, that a fact? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Fucking hell. Did you see yeah. that since the uh, start of November as well? that Norwich have won twice the amount of games that Chelsea have. 
Wow. Tussle. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. it happens. When Tussle oh. goes. I, I love how we predict these things and Always. get a lot of shit for it. I'm so glad. <laughs> get it right. Yeah. You and me, Kieran, we were the only ones saying this about this fucking joker. When he had won, when he won the Champions League and everyone's saying, oh, you can't argue with that. Can't argue with that result. He's a great manager. Great manager. I'm fucking telling you, this guy is a clown and he's been a clown since the day he walked out of clown college. Dortmund. Clown college. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. true. There's some like I don't know. Actually, I, I know what it is. It's just a, a smugness about this like downfall of Chelsea. It's quite enjoyable. They're on a proper like free fall. Yeah. I shouldn't say free fall, but they're at the minute they're two games ahead of Liverpool and they're a point behind. A stinker. Um, and you're about to hammer them in the League Cup as well. Oh, I f- <laughs> I really hope so. I really, really hope so. I can't fucking wait for that. I'm sorry, Flynn. I know you missed out on the League Cup, but <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, like, that... decisions go against you. What can you do? You know, it's part of football. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is that a is that a successful season for Liverpool if you um, win the League Cup and are competitive in Europe? Is that mm... a good season? I mean, on paper, probably not. But you know what? If if they go far in the Champions League, they, they should, that Liverpool team could and should get to a semi-final of the Champions League because there's not many teams I'd really fear. Yeah, I mean, Bayern, take, take a look around Europe. Like, fucking Bayern yeah. are the only team, really, you wouldn't want to face. Bayern and yeah. City. Yeah. Yeah. Those two that's teams. It. That's it. You'd argue so, that this is City's trophy to lose now of all the seasons that they've been pretty much only focusing on trying to win it. Champions League or Guardiola's with, with City, they don't win it this year when like every other what we'd say bigger club is either bankrupt or in-house fighting or on the downfall yeah broad yeah but I think I think uh, a solid Premier League and Champions League run and a cup is is a good season I think any any time you win a cup you have to say yeah it's 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 a highlight even when Liverpool last won the League Cup was 2012, I think, and it was kind of in between winning the FA Cup and winning the Champions League. So there was like a 10-year gap there, more. But they won the League Cup in between, and it just felt like, oh yeah, that's it's not that long since we won a major honour. So I think it's, um, I do think it's a an important one. Even though if anyone else wins it, I couldn't give a fuck. That's fair. <laughs> Like a Jamie Carragher analysis that was. Thanks. <laughs> Why aren't they paying me? Yeah, the uh, it's actually not been a good few weeks for Arsenal, has it? Been, I mean, knocked out of two cups. Um, well, fake, fake COVID, and being investigated or players being investigated for match fixing. Look at well, the match fixing thing turned out to be false. False okay. positive. Um, hmm. uh, there was no faking COVID, so you got your information incorrect. Um, mm, wasn't there only one case though? There is ten or eleven cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Th- there was a a loss to Nottingham Forest, uh, who have won 
to have to remind you, they won the European Cup twice. So in the fucking sixties. <laughs> <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Do they not count? Do they not count? No. <laughs> it's not the same team. <laughs> take take the stars off the Liverpool crest, so <laughs> Um, uh, then there was a loss to City in a game they should have beaten City they they were oh, they should have beaten City and they'll beat them next time they a City they'll beat them they will they were a better team and they were done in by 90 seconds of madness and then like just City cheating so whatever um, I can't even remember who else they lost what other losses do I have to say Liverpool, like League Cup, they were they played the second string, whatever. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> Game now tomorrow against Burnley. Um, if they lose that, I'm sure I'll be able to come up with a reason. Fair. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so, that's fair. I I don't consider it a bad month at all. Uh, what I would say the worst thing is is that striker from Fiorentina that you were gunning for has said he's not interested. No, he he didn't say that. Arsenal uh, are not interested in him. Oh, okay, yeah, that was what I read. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> like um, the Arsenal board were looking at buying him, and um, he was. On his like hands and knees, like please, please take me to Arsenal, please take right. me to Arsenal. <laughs> Arteta had one look at him, and was like, "Nah, we have Lacazette. We have Lacazette. We have Enketia. Um We Alistair have Dan. Martinelli. We have Martinelli. We have Klopp, Klopp. Very complimentary of Martinelli, which I found interesting. He was complimentary about him as well, like two years ago." When he played him first mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Pop's like indirectly trying to chat him up or something. Tapping up here, yeah. Um <laughs> anyway, yeah, we don't we don't want this this Serbian fella anyway. Um he's there's something a bit dodgy about him. Uh, he wouldn't fit. He wouldn't fit. Okay. So. <laughs> but just so that all our listeners know, it's actually him that's turning down Arsenal. But anyway. Yeah. Oh well he can say that now after Arsenal had one look at him and were like Splash water in his face, like like. <laughs> I think the the game against Burnley now. Burnley haven't played in about six months, have they? Like, do Burnley <laughs> do Burnley Football Club even exist? The whole scene's been kidnapped, and they're trying to keep it on the down low. Like, <laughs> this is like a, a global terrorism, yeah, uh, catastrophe. Yeah, How do we explain got... this? Sean <laughs> um... Dyche has Dwight McNeil in his basement. They've got they've got eighteen games in hand. Yeah, that's like someone at work trying to get by doing as little work as possible until someone notices they're not doing anything. <gasps> they're like someone at standing at a urinal, not pissing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we have to go back to that now, don't we? You do, After yeah. this COVID, they've also lost their like main striker. Oh yeah, so what, what have yeah. you to worry about? Nothing. I mean, fates often conspire against Arsenal in creative ways. Mm-hmm. It's not the team performance. 
Why why did they play party? Was there any explanation to that? Because he only arrived, didn't he only fly back that afternoon to play against Liverpool? Uh, and they put him on, and then he got a red card. Arteta felt like he needed a bit of a, a bit of a run out, and oh, okay. and thought we need him. We need him fighting fit. Go out there, get stuck in, and he got stuck in. He he imposed himself on the game. He left his mark. There was question marks over the value of that mark, but. On the whole, I think it was a very memorable performance. I think he contributed to the game. <laughs> I suppose we're discussing the, ways. We're discussing the particulars and the peculiarities of what happened on the bench. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if 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 Lynn's uh, reasoning is anything to go by, it's no wonder they got those games called off. Yeah, you know, every other team in the league got games called off. Um, so Lacazette sneezed. He sneezed. We we heard him in the canteen on Thursday, and we can't play. Sorry. This is just another example of media bias <laughs> against Arsenal <laughs> for doing what every other team in the league has done. I kind of agree. Leicester should hang their heads in shame. This whole they should get deducted about. 70 points they should be automatically relegated um for the way that they've conducted themselves throughout this this season with regards to covid um yeah yeah it's it's been nothing short of a disgrace brendan rogers what reputation he had very little of it is in shreds and the players smug about it james madison celebrating doing the dart celebration when they went to the darts uh, for a Christmas party with other clubs, honorable clubs cancelled their Christmas parties. Yeah. And they all got COVID. Um, true. I mean, yeah, it's graceful. Rogers surely is, you know, he's he's going to be out the door at Leicester soon. Where will he end up? Man United? You know, I think it's possible. Yeah. That will say yeah. it. I think they'd, they'd bite your hand off to have Rogers. I think so too. And they, I think they'd be right to. I think Rodgers could work wonders with that team. Fluffy so, wait, are we saying Rodgers is good or bad? I'm confused now. Very, very good. I'm saying he's a disgrace to the name of football. My opinion of Rodgers has never been higher. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we just saying that... He... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Okay. If you're looking for consistency to put them on the pressure podcast, it's not your place. <laughs> <laughs> he's the number one, he's the league's biggest fucking bottler. That's what he is. He won the FA Cup last year. He Although left his wife for against, a young one. He did, yeah, but it was, it was against two Chelsea. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a gimme. That was like a fucking postponement. May as well have just given him the trophy from kickoff. Mm -hmm. Listen, that game against Tottenham, I, I've never, never <laughs> seen anything like that. Incredible. I, I, I wasn't even watching it. I just had the updates on my phone. And I said, oh, fucking 2-1. Come on. All right. Game over. Whatever. Then I got a notification that I just assumed was game over. So I didn't even check it. And then yeah. I, I checked um, scores or something. And it was 3-2. What the fuck? 
this guy, he has no clue how to manage a team. He, I, I, I'll, I'll actually make a list of times Rogers has bottled it because I'd say okay. it's as long as my arm. Mm. Mm. Um, make it. Rogers will be back, and he will, he will prove his worth. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll go off and make a list. I, I'm not oh, going to list time. it now. It's half an hour left on the Zoom. Get right in. We'll, we'll wait. <laughs> I mean, you know the main one is... um, What's the name of it again at Selhurst Park? Oh, Chris Palace. Chris Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's fun. Among that many fun. others. So, mm, Including yeah. this weekend. <laughs> Will we uh will we leave it there? Um I Is think we we can leave it there if we we just end on that note of kind of hopeful optimism about the future of Brennan Rogers, of Arsenal, and and that's it. Elias and post COVID. Uh <laughs> COVID is over, but our love for Rogers never ends. I have more important things to think about. He hasn't a clue. Great. So, up the palace. Leave it there. Up the fucking palace. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to smash Liverpool tomorrow now. Yeah. yeah. Rogers hasn't a clue. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You've been listening to the Put Them Under Pressure podcast. For more of our content, make sure that you follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Facebook. Outro music.